Good evening, people, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kaz. And I'm Mac. And we would like to welcome you all to the Odd Times podcast. And it's an odd one today. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We're going to do things a little differently today, um, people. Uh, I want to... uh, Mac is a big history buff, and and one of the things that he really likes a lot is the pyramids. It just excites him. It just brings out the kid in him, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I named my I made I named my dog or my dog. Frick, my tongue got tied. Never mind. I'm gonna stop talking. Continue. Oh, that that must be because of the new drink that I got him started on. Yeah, we're having a gentleman's evening. Yes, Yes. sir. Yes, sir. That would be the uh, let's see, what is that? Uh, Woodford Reserve. Very nice Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Very nice. If y'all get a chance to try that, you're old enough. Try that. Yeah, it's it's really good. It doesn't have that because uh, <laughs> you know when you take a drink of alcohol, you're like, oh, I can taste it, and then you breathe out, and the fire consumes you, and you're like, ah, this doesn't have yeah, that. The, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It, no burn. Little ice cubes. I didn't yes. think you needed a chaser. Now my son did say it was putting hair on his chest. So Your son's a sissy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to disagree with that, but. He's a big six foot three sissy. (laughs) I'm not going to say it to his face. I'm just saying I can say it from the safety of my home. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so about the pyramids, what, what, what do you like so much about the pyramids? I mean, what, what fascinates you about them? History got me when I was a kid because we didn't have cable. We didn't have, I didn't have video games. So we would go, there was an old bookstore. Uh, right around the corner from my house. Uh, and my, my, my dad would give me money and I'd go down there and I would go through these used books. Most of them were paperbacks and I would find these weird, weird books. Some of them were fantastic. Some of them were just awful. And it was this old bookstore, the kind that you see in TV shows where the kid finds the magic book. It's kind of like that. The first thing that got me was, uh, a book about the discovering of Troy with, um, oh, I can't, if, you, if we weren't doing this, I could tell you exactly who it was. Uh, he was a German guy, Russian or German, I can't remember, but he basically used Homer's version of the war on Troy and discovered all these ancient sites in Turkey. Um, that fascinated me. So that got me excited because now here's literature that's supposedly just literature make-believe tying into the real world. So like this guy took a work of air quote fiction and history and found these sites. Um, And that just kicked me off. And I, I was always fascinated with Egypt from mummies and all of that crap, but it kind of went away. Um, I got reinvigorated in the nineties when they started releasing those shows. I, they had one about the uh, water erosion on the Sphinx saying that, you know, the dating was wrong, that whatever. And of course, they fight over it because nobody's going to change the timeline in Egypt. And then it went away again. Like, I didn't think about it. I'm an adult. I've got kids. I've got family. So you just forget about these things. But it started to crop back up in the last few years. And there's new theories out there. And I thought that we could talk about some of those new theories that are I don't know that I believe them, but they're fascinating nonetheless. 
Yeah, just talking to you made me have to start looking into it. My mom's a huge Egyptian fan. She's she's actually turned down two trips to float the Nile because her grandchildren were born. She had two trips planned, and both at both times her grandchildren were born to float up the Nile to uh, to Egypt and then go to Jerusalem. So she missed two trips, which would have been good timing because now it's you know not the safest place, but it's still not a bad place to go. I think if you go with a, it's Henrik Schleeman. Henrik Schleeman, it just popped into my head. <laughs> Henrik Schleeman was the book that I found. It was a little paperback book, and I I was probably 12, 11 at the time. I read that cover to cover. I had no idea who this guy was. Never heard about him. But I read it, and he would run around the wall. So he devised, this guy's smart. I mean, he didn't speak any other language, but he used the, I think it was the Iliad. But I don't remember which one is the one that talks about Troy. Yeah, Iliad. So he would he would use the Iliad in his language, then get the, the Russian one and go compare the words. And he taught himself how to read, at least read and speak some other languages. I think by the time he died, he spoke like seven or eight languages. So this guy figured out how tall Achilles would have been and and did this math equation of how long it would take him to run around the walls of Troy, like it says in the Iliad. So they would find these ancient sites. And this little German dude would go running around the walls and everybody had to think he was a lunatic. And he'd go, that's not the right one. (laughs) What the hell? This is crazy. But that that story fascinated me because it it brought make-believe into the world of belief. And that's what you want from a good book. Something that's going to make your mind work. Absolutely. Because now you're thinking, well, we could be Indiana Jones. What What else is out there? Who doesn't want to be Indiana Jones? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Disney doesn't. Disney hates Indiana Jones, but that's beside the point. (laughs) So that led me here. I guess it was a couple years ago. I kind of started getting back into it. So I started buying books. And the first book I bought was by a guy. It wasn't necessarily a book. It was like his papers, and I had to pay for them online. And it was fairly expensive. I can't remember what I paid for them. But they were copies of his papers that he, I think he turned into a English historical society about his excavations. He was like a, his name was Flinders, Flinders Petrie. I'm not saying I believe everything the guy wrote, but I'm just saying he was there in 1880. Um, he, he was like a surveyor. Like, I think he, he did the, one of the most accurate uh, surveys of Stonehenge at that time. It was like 19, 20 years old. I can't remember. Um, but he goes down there and he writes what he sees. He digs at places like Tanis. Um, the, and he talked the place, uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, Amarna, I think, was another place that it talked about. Um, but yeah, he was. Nocrates. That sounds familiar. I don't yes. remember. I don't have him pulled up, but he's he had a he found this place, I believe, in the book in the papers he was talking about uh, this labyrinth that was still standing, and you could kind of walk, but you could see that it was crumbling and stuff. It it's been buried by the desert now. We don't really they probably know where it is, but it's been buried. And he talks about the stuff that he was seeing that was just there. I mean, you know, eighteen eighty, a lot of history happened between eighteen eighty and today. So, you know. A lot of wars, a lot of bad things, a lot of weather. So, but this guy was describing things like the way the stones looked like they had been machined 
and cut. The surface of the stone looked like it had. This guy's in 1880. He doesn't have access to the Internet. This guy is just a normal guy. Like you said, think about traveling in 1880 from England to Egypt. What a nightmare. Oh, yes. From the steamships to the horseback to the... I don't know how else you would get across the desert. I mean, it would just be terrible. Yeah. But this guy really, when I, so I picked up some of his stuff and I don't have hardly any of it. I'm not a collector or anything, uh, but I have two or three of his papers. I've got them stored in my uh, cupboard in my bedroom. Uh, But they're fascinating because when you read what this guy's smart, he's not a moron. It would be like if I pulled you out of this world and put you somewhere else and I say, okay, Kaz, describe what you're seeing. You're going to rely on things that you understand to describe what you see. Yes. And that's what he was doing. And what he's describing sounds an awful lot like an advanced civilization. Not a bunch of guys. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't have because I've seen a lot of other uh, videos and things that show people, you know, built moving stones in very, very unique ways. So that's kind of what got me into this was was Troy, Indiana Jones, that whole thing. To answer your question, uh, 45 minutes later, that's what that's what got me into it. What's even more funny is he's still considered one of the most important and influential figures in the history of Egyptology. And he did this from 1853 to 1942. The problem is, is a lot of, not a lot, but a lot of other people are starting to call him a pseudo-archaeologist because it's like what they're doing to our history here. And I think history is very, very important to present times and to the, to the future, because if you don't know how you got to where you're at, you're going to forget what it took to get there. And a lot of time, it's blood, sweat, and tears that got you there. A lot of bad things happened so that you went, we're not doing that again. Yes. They're they're doing the same stuff here, and they're saying, well, because they were white or they owned slaves, their opinion is no longer valid, and they're kind of trying to do the same thing with Petrie. They're kind of saying he's a pseudoscientist. His observations are outdated. They don't make sense in the twenty, you know, the twenty first era or whatever. And so they're starting. Read his work, and you'll see. He convinced me that what he was seeing wasn't something that was done with bronze tools. Um, I can't answer it. I'm a moron, but I'm reading other people that I trust that are smarter than me. And yeah, that guy is, he is fascinating. Now he did a lot of things that were very questionable. He blew up a lot of stuff, uh, wrecked it and tore up a lot of things, brought stuff back. Um, yeah. Oh, he was a product of his time. He was a product of his time. I mean, they they sent me here. I'm going to, I'm going to take whatever I want. Well, didn't they use, I think there was a thing where they used to grind up mummies and they would like make it into a tea or a tonic and drink it. It's supposed to help you. I, I'm like, but, but I just think about were, this for a second. But I thought you were telling me, so where did they find the mummies though? So they found them in other burial sites and they never actually mm-hmm. found mummies within the pyramids. And of course they're all going to go, ah, grave robbers, right? Obviously grave robbers been a long time great but i'm like i don't know the skeptic in me is like there's a hundred and some odd pyramids in egypt not one of them has a dead body in it like come on man 
Come on, really? Like, I don't know. That's just me being, you know, a turd. Because I'm sitting here like, because, you know, when you start to really get into these things, you think to yourself, oh, there, you believe the narrative. And I'm not saying that, that it's a narrative as such. It's like, well, let's discuss Egypt real quick. Our modern dating of all the things that we take. So take, for instance, the Battle of Thermopylae. That has a correlation to Egypt. Take um, Napoleon. Napoleon has, has a, something to do with Egypt. Take Cleopatra and all that. That's Egypt, right? Rome. Yes. Tied in with Egypt. If you screw up the dating of Egypt because it's the oldest civilization and we've, we've basically built a timeline of Egypt, if you go in and start messing with that, you screw up all of history just with one one shifting of the stones, as it were, you could literally change the timeline of everything that we believe happened. Yeah, isn't now, there, there a guy that's um, just going back right now and kind of looking at the timelines and saying that, well, if this is here, then, then maybe we're wrong about the dates? Is there a guy that's doing that right now? Yes, and I have his book. Uh, trying to make sure I got it right. Da, 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 da. New Chronology, David Rolls, an English Egyptologist. And I have his book, and it's fascinating. This guy is an agnostic. What's hilarious is he's not religious at all, but he's using the Bible to date a lot of things because he truly believes that the Hebrews had a lot more impact on society than we're led to believe. So it's fascinating. I don't know if you believe everything, but he makes a real convincing case that so Egypt has these periods of growth and like golden ages, little golden ages, followed by dark ages. And that's throughout their whole history, whatever, how many thousand years it was. So and what was dark, his name again? David Roll, D-A-V-I-D-R-O-H-L. He's like a punk rock archaeologist. I love this guy. I could sit and listen to him talk about stuff. He's passionate about it too. Um, but his, his synopsis is that during those dark periods, because usually what happened in a dark period was an enemy force like the Sudanese or the Nubians or somebody came in and they, they, they just punched Egypt in the mouth. They conquered them for a while. So there's not a lot of archaeological evidence. The Egyptians finally rise up. They defeat the enemy. They kick them out. Another little golden age again. So these periods happen like, it's like the rise and fall of the enemy. And so what he's rising is that. At one of those black times, those is they I think they have a name for it, but I don't remember. But one of those dark times wasn't as long as what they said. And so what's funny and highly ironic is that they use the Bible initially to date the Egyptian timeline. So <laughs> they use the Bible to date the timeline. And then they use the they use the Egyptologist uh, the the hieroglyphics and stuff to disprove the Bible. I, I just find that hilarious. It's like, well, how can you disprove the thing that proved that you? Okay, whatever. I'm out. Yeah, that that does get me because if you use the Bible to get there, the Bible's pointing you in the direction. But then when you get there, the hieroglyphics are basically giving you the middle finger, saying that the Bible's wrong. So the what it is is um, they and I don't know because I'm not a Bible theologist and I don't 
I don't know it word for word and all that stuff, but basically Why there's not? a you should be reading the Bible. <laughs> I barely read what I have to. Um that's not true. I read a lot. Um but no <clears throat> so <clears throat> excuse me. So there was a there's a name of a king, and I think he's an Egyptian king. And so when they went to Egypt and they finally could read hieroglyphics for the first time, they were really excited. So a lot of biblical scholars go there to find this guy's name. Well, they find the name. The only problem is, is as we've advanced, and as David Rawl points out, they mistranslated it. And there's another stone that points to the exact king that they were looking for. And it has on the bottom a list. It's a huge stone of all his conquests and stuff. It was like, it was like big dick energy on a big stone. He's like, here's what I did. Mm-hmm. Conquered all these people. And down at the bottom, it's conquered Israel and Judah. Judea or however they pronounce it. Yes. So it's like on that stone. And that's what David is pointing out. He goes, archaeologists go, eh, you're crazy. Because they've got this official timeline. They don't want to screw it up. Because if they screw it up, it changes up all of history. Right. And then everybody that's been working on that now is like, has no job, basically. If that's proven right, they're like, well, we don't need to pay you. Exactly. Are you even right? I mean, you're you're here working for us. But it's honestly, what, what irritates me is that if his evidence is actually truthful, and I've watched a lot of his content, I tend to believe that he's onto something. Uh, I'm not an archaeologist, but I, I kind of really do believe that the guy is onto something. And it makes me wonder, you know, if people started to look at it, would it in fact change? Because we're talking about, I want to say it was 350 years of that, that we could shift it. Because it's funny, there was a documentary my daughter made me watch, and I can't remember the name of it. Uh, she got me to watch. She didn't make me. She, she was like, you should watch this. So I watched it. And it was him giving a talk about the Exodus. And they go to Egypt. And this German guy is excavating this city. And in this city, there are people buried with their sheep. And they have non-Egyptian weapons and tools. And the guy goes, so are these the Hebrews or Israelites or whatever they're called? The guy goes, no, no, we don't know what they are. It's like, they're sheep right where they're supposed to be. Okay. So it's like, how much of it is, is genuine and how much of it is just, we got to we gotta support each other. So we just don't talk about that. See, that's what I've always wondered is like, if one person says this and then, you know, they're having tea well, this is what I found. What do you think? Well, I'm going to tend to agree that way they can keep keep their, what do I want to say, their grants going for their funding. Their tenure. For their tenure for their funding to keep. And they're still doing actual work, but they're not straying outside the box. They're just, they have their, they have, do they have their eyes focused on the prize instead of actually looking at the facts? They're like, I'm, only going to look at Cleopatra's stuff or this or, you know, that instead of like, really, you know, this isn't how it is. This is it. You know, do they, do you think they ever think outside the box that like, maybe this guy is not a quack job? I think that they don't want 
to entertain his ideas. I think that's more of the question of where it's at. I think that they're afraid of what his idea would do to all of their jobs. Like you said, their tenure, all the papers that have been written. I mean, think of the thousands and thousands of man hours that have been put into how many books do you find on the pyramids? How many websites do you look up today in, in essence for this? And you see hundreds of websites. If this guy is right, it changes the timeline of, so there's a period that David talks about. It's, it happens in Greece, and it's a 300, basically 300-year gap. So the Greeks are at the height of their culture, and then they have a dark period, and there's no archaeological evidence for the next 300 years. They don't write anything, they don't create anything, and then they just come back and they're, they're just okay. So what he theorizes is it happened during this dark time, and the reason we don't have anything for it was because that is when the Trojans and the Greeks went to war. That was a long war. I don't know if it's 350 years, I don't know what the timeline is on it, but basically they went to, they went to war with Troy, and they were over there at least 10 years, 10-year war, if not more. And so he's like, that would drain your economy and make it to where you're not creating a whole lot of stuff. He goes, makes sense. That's why I like this guy, because he uses common sense to kind of piece things together. It's not a lot of mysticism or we believe. It's kind of like, well, what does the evidence tell you? That's why I like him. Is this the same guy that has been to the other pyramids in the other parts of the world and and to to travel to find this stuff? Or is that another archaeologist? I think that's a different archaeologist. I think that's a, I can't remember. There's a lot of those guys. There's a Brian Forrester guy. That guy does tours uh, in Peru. So he's, dude, you should watch some of his videos on YouTube about the Peruvian stuff. So he gets into details and, and South America's fascinating, man. My dad went to Peru, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. He said, you can't raise your hand up without finding ancient, ancient architecture. Now, so, do you, do you think that has it been proven that that one taught the other, or that they learned from each other? Maybe they, you know, so, ancestors brought it down. And here's my question, though, and this this is all I really have is questions. So we've got Peru. Um, you just told me something I didn't know. Mexico has the biggest freaking pyramids on Earth. So we got pyramids, Peru. We got pyramids all over the north part of South America. We've got them in Mexico. We've got pyramids in the Middle East. We've got them in Africa. We've got them in China. Memphis, Tennessee. (laughs) That one doesn't count. Uh, We also have one in Vegas. It doesn't count. Um, But we've got them in Japan, too. Um, How is it that this particular archaeological style or architectural style Went all over the world in ancient times. That's true. And no That's way. my question. Yeah, I mean that. Now, I mean, you know, there are theories that, that there are. I'm looking. I've looked at many of them, but there are theories. You know that the continents were not divided at one time, so it would have made travel maybe a little easier to that, to see. Do you imagine how much earthquake? Like those pyramids, like they would be collapsed down if that's the case. I mean, that's a lot of fucking plate movement. I mean, I, you know, I just said theory. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that's, you know, no, no. uh, Here's my question, though. It's 
Because it's, it's a legitimate question. Google a picture of a house in Japan and then pick a house in Texas and tell me, are those, are those architectural styles the same? No, they couldn't be more different. Now Google a house in China and Google a house in, in uh, somewhere in Canada, Ontario. Do they look alike? No, they don't. But yet these pyramids are amazingly. Yeah, it's just to me, it's it, there's a question there that's not being asked. And if it is being asked, people are saying shut up about it, which leads me to Brian Forrester. He has traveled all over the world. And this guy, I found him just out of the accident because I was watching uh, Ben uh, from Uncharted X. I got, I got on a kick when I started blabbering to you about this stuff. And um, so Ben goes on these trips and he brings Brian along sometimes. And he's not showing you like he's not showing you the great pyramids and going through and doing these tours. He's showing you stones and and these basically sarcophagus. And you're like, what the hell? Why are we watching a YouTube about it? But like Brian and Ben will talk about is we're talking these people supposedly, according to archaeologists, used stone and copper tools, bronze tools. And we're talking granite. We're talking the hardest stone on earth. Like, uh, what? And they just sit there and just pound it with, like, I don't know, man. I got a hard time believing it. There are stones at Sakara that Brian going that have these circular patterns on it. Looks like a saw. Why is that so controversial that they use tools? Well, I don't understand why that is so controversial to modern, modern, modern archaeologists. That's that's my problem with it all. It's like because if you looked at it and I sent you the videos, you would go, "Yeah, that looks like a saw cut." It sure does. Yeah. I've cut wood. I've seen what wood looks like. That looks like it was cut with a saw. Which I mean, I don't understand why they would say that because even the the Native Americans in the what eighteen hundreds had they had saws. I mean, yeah, they had hammers and well and, the. the Sorry. Stuff like that. So, I mean, what's, I mean, even though thousands of years ago, I mean, they had to, they had to be, they had to learn how to, to do things, to make things. Well, here's the, here's the thing that, um, and this is what, this is where Brian comes in, uh, amazingly, because people will go, all right, then where are the tools? Which is a good question. If you just think about it on the surface, that's the problem is we only just look at the surface and then we dismiss it without ever giving it actual thought. Say, mm, no, and I've done that. I've done that. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, one of the theories I would, that's effing stupid. I'm not even going to entertain that crazy, ridiculous. But once you sit and actually listen to somebody, just because you listen to them doesn't mean they convince you. But it gives you, yeah, I don't know, it gets you to thinking. And I think that's what we're missing is a lot of that. So what Brian says when they say, where are the tools? He goes, well, move out of your house. Leave all of your stuff there. Stay gone for 100 years. Come back. How much of your stuff is still there? Probably not very much because somebody's going to steal it. It's going to be repurposed. Yes. Somebody's going to come in. They're going to yeah. grab your TV. They're going to get your shovel. They're going to they're going to loot it. You come back two thousand years later, the house isn't even there. You know, unless you built it out of stone, 
Like nothing's True. nothing's going to survive time. Time takes all of it away unless they're just the right conditions. And I thought that was fascinating. Here's something else that Brian pointed point, out. Yeah. Huh? That's a very good point that he made. Yeah, I yes. never thought about it like that. I mean, because like the places where these pyramids are, um, Saqqara, uh, Egypt, and even places in, in uh, Sudan, they have had constant human habitation since forever. Like, there's never really been a time when people didn't live there. It's not like it's in the middle of a, of the desert where there's no water and it's just you know almost impossible to live. Somebody has been living in these places. I mean. They had limestone covering on the uh, on the pyramids up until I don't know, forties, thirties, something. And they had an earthquake in Cairo, and they went to rebuild. I mean, right there is evidence of what Brian's saying. It's like they were like there was a need, they went and they got it and they used it. So why would the tools still be there? You know, um, use them until they break and then repurpose them. I mean, that's what your grandma and grandpas did from the depression. They didn't throw anything away. You open no. a in grandma's house and she's got a drawer full of wires. Why? You never know when you might need one. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, they 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 oh. they stick to everything. Oh yes, that's like that 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 grandmother that's got those uh, Ziploc baggies. They've washed oh. them and washed them and washed them and washed them. <laughs> it's like they're a nickel. Yeah, but they might not have them next week. Okay. But she went through she went through something like that. So he, another fascinating thing that he points out that I find fascinating is the similarities in the blocks from Peru and the Andes to Mexico and to Egypt. If you'll look up megalithic blocks so basically brian believes that and i think a lot of people in his sphere believe that there was a megalithic culture that existed sometime when because what brian likes to do is he talks to natives and he gets their myths and their legends and he'll sit and talk to them and he'll hear their legends like there was a legend that i think there was a road that ran coast to coast across south america the northern part uh, through i don't know what countries they took him up and they showed him their stones you know is it a road that goes coast to coast i don't know but there's stones in one and it's wide and it could very well have been a road you know jungle repurposed it so um but he listens to these people and the peruvian people they basically said they came out of a cave after a great disaster and they were looking for a place to live and they fell onto, I think it's, I don't know the name of the city they first came to, but there was already structures there. They called it the land of the giants. Somebody had already been living there when the Inca got there. And I believe they called them the Anasazi, but I could be wrong on that. So Brian believes that there was a society here on earth, something happened. We don't know what it is. Could have been an asteroid strike. Could tie into Randall Carlson's 12,500 years ago. Um, we just don't know. And, of course, modern archaeology is like, pseudoscience. Going to write, going to cash my check. Because like, to me, that's fascinating. That. Well, and all you have to do is, Brian points out, when he goes up to uh, Machu Picchu, he starts looking at the stones and he goes, look up top, look at the top of the building. That's Mayan construction. They used smaller stones. The bottom one was the people who came before. And when you start to see it, it's fascinating. Now, the thing that he pointed out that every stone 
from that period has these tits on the edges of the stones. They're in stones in uh, everywhere in South America. And they're probably for tying ropes to. They probably chiseled them out to use to tie ropes to, but they're in Egypt too. So there's a technology that went from Peru all the way to Egypt. So that's, I don't know. Because if I took 50 people and I spread them all over in, in groups of two and told them build a, build a city or they're build a house, be the same. they're not going to be the same because it's going to be based on materials. It's going to be based on environments and knowledge. Unless they were all taught at the same place. That's a possibility, but then again, we're talking as thousands of years ago. How did they get from one place to the other? Exactly. So it's like it just opens up more questions. But I think it's pisses me off. That would also say that Christopher Columbus wasn't the first. I think we've already decided that's (laughs) not. I think. I mean, we have here in our state. We have here in our state uh, a Viking runestone. in Hevener, Oklahoma, that supposedly dates back to the year 1000. So, yeah, True. Christopher Columbus. Side well, tangent, had, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I'm good that. at those. I did, I did that. I did that one. I'll take that one. Uh, so, yeah. So, so Brian Forrester brings up all these good points, and, and you just sit and you like. You think to yourself, I wonder. Because you don't know. Like, there's no... <laughs> there's no secret codex buried under the sand and it goes, Oh, I got the book. I, I got all the ants. Like we don't know. We don't know, but it's fun to think about what if there was an advanced society and everyone goes, Oh, Atlantis. No. Cause there's another guy that says he found what he believes where Atlantis could be. And it coincides oh, with, that. yeah, it was a guy called bright insight. Now, he actually went on Rogan. I followed him years ago. Cause he <laughs> cracked me up. Um, some of the stuff he would talk about, but he—it's a place in Africa. It's a stone. It's called the Stone Eye of Africa, or something like that. The Eye of Africa. The place is called Atlas. Like, there's all these correlating things. It looks like the sand at one point poured out to the sea, and it's like going, "How does nobody else see this?" Like, he's pointing it out on some little tiny YouTube channel, and I'm like, "That's what it looks like." Why don't we get a team down there? But I mean, you're talking. How much of that's going to be left after almost 13,000 years? Probably not a whole lot of anything. You might be lucky to find a stone with a carving on it. I mean, because I mean, at that point in time, they, they predicted that the uh, basically Africa had an inland sea. I mean, they find whale skeletons out in the desert. So, you know, the world was a different place. So how hmm. do we know we didn't have the ability like we do now? We just see... We, Modern man is, and I think it's always been this way, we're so arrogant. Like, we are the most advanced civilization Yes, ever. yes, I can see that, yes. And, and it's like... Probably been, and they, they've probably been saying that since... since the dawn before, of time. The yep. dawn of time. And, and there's, they just, that's why they keep killing each other off. <laughs> yeah, and there's always the guy in the bar going, well, my daddy did it this way, and I ain't gonna change it. Yes, 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 yes. He's good enough for grandpa. But that's how that that Brian Forrester, like you said, has found things because he's gone through and he's talked to those people. So he's learned their history. Yes. And, and, you know, that a lot of times is the best way is is to find out. Because they go and talk to your grandpa, 
your grandpa will tell you how his great grandpa did it, which is probably how his great grandpa did it. Absolutely, it's passed on down. It's passed on down through generation to generation. But scientists will say, and I mean rightly so, that it's hearsay. We can't take that as actual, like. Because if I don't know you and I hear your story, it's a great story, but how much of it is actually true, you know, which I get that. I get that. But there's a lot of other things out here that don't. And of course, archaeologists come out after because Graham Hancock, he put that show out on Netflix, which is basically everything I'm talking about. Um, And man, archaeologists all over the world were like, this guy is Satan. He is so stupid. He just needs to be burned at the stake. And it's like, well, why don't? And then there were there were people that were taking his his stuff and just breaking it down and basically going, here's where he's wrong. Here's where he's wrong. Here's where he's wrong. Isn't he saying that there were aliens? I don't think Graham Hancock was. Graham Hancock is not that guy. You're thinking of Kirk Von Donegat, who did Chariot of the Gods. That guy thinks ancient aliens. Uh Graham Hancock, he just released a, a Netflix show, I think. Uh, he did The Message of the Sphinx, basically talking, uh, going over Robert Schock's um, stuff. He has a hypothesis that his, his hypothesis, if I remember correctly, Graham Hancock it is, was that the Sphinx was built at a certain period with a correlation of the Belt of Orion, and the way the stars aligned, and if you back the star charts up to where Orion should line up with a certain structure on the Giza Plateau. So, you know, his theory's pretty involved. It's, it's a lot more comprehensive than that. But he basically puts the dating of the building of the, I think, the Sphinx on the vernal equinox, like in 10,500, 10,800, something like that. Yes, it, it's saying he speculates that there was an advanced civilization during the last ice age. And that it was destroyed in a natural cataclysm during the Younger Dryas. There you and go, yeah. few survivors traveled the world introducing agriculture, monumental architecture, and astronomy to hunter-gatherers, giving rise to civilizations. And what gives this... So that's kind of... They all traveled around and taught everybody what he's saying, basically. And I don't see that as controversial. I don't know why that's so controversial because so we had this timeline uh, of history that is we were monkeys. Somebody ate some mushrooms somewhere. Uh, they, <laughs> they did something and their brains start getting bigger. They figured out fire. Then we started traveling in packs, killing animals. And and we went from that. We're from hunting our women to. Yes. 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 To, to planting crops and staying in cities and all that. That goes the that goes completely against what they just found in southern Turkey, a place called Gobekli Tepe. And I know Rogan and them have covered that at nauseum. It's fascinating. It's fascinating because the city itself, if you look it up, is massive, dude, massive. And then you take the city there, and it, from the archaeological evidence, dates back right at the twelve thousand five hundred years ago. So, and they had concrete floors. They had these pillars. Of course, you know, archaeologists piss me off because if they find a spoon and they don't find a bowl, they go, oh, this spoon was used for religious purposes. It was all religious purposes. It's like, no, dipshit, that's a spoon. It's not a spoon. It's for worshiping their god, the god of cereal. 
<laughs> they have no idea. They're just they they and they base their of course they have to. They base their hypothesis on the hypothesis of some dude that was 50 years ago that found a similar spoon in a completely different place in the world and he goes, oh, "It's definitely religious." So they there's no real independent thought and these guys like Graham Hancock and these people they're putting out alternating theories. Are they right? I don't know. I have no idea, but it's fascinating to think about. But if they're using, like, the other guy um, and following the Bible to get to where he is, and they're following facts to, and finding new facts, I don't understand how they can try to dispute those what they're finding. I mean, I know it, it messes with the money, but, I mean, as an archaeologist, is it their goal is to find the truth? Uh, no. No, their goal is to get their name in the history books. They, they, I don't necessarily think they really care about the truth anymore. I think it's like think politics. They, I mean, so you're telling me if they found a gun in 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 in, in a pyramid, some ancient like weapon, they would they? Oh, here's, think they would hide it to say if it messed up a timeline. Well, have you heard about the perfect stone? Uh, I think they're granite vases they found at the base at, in the bottom bowels of the pyramid. Have you ever heard of those? No. You should look that up because those things look like they were machined. They have a center hole in the bottom of the vase. These things are made of, I think, granite, dude, and they are perfect, perfect bowls. And they, the king said he wanted them in his burial chamber because they came from the people who came before him. But they don't talk. They don't talk about that. No, we keep that. There's also talk of giants. Uh, see, the thing is, is conspiracy theorists will say they have alien scale. I don't know about any of that, but I did see the granite vases, and they're perfect. It looks perfect. And if it, if you look at the bottom of it, Anything it look, a pre they're calling it a pre-dynastic granite vase. Yes. So that's granite. They did that with bronze tools. There's no freaking way you did that perfection with a bronze tool. I mean, granted, there were artisans, but I'm just like, man, they had something else. And I don't see why that is so, but it goes against the archaeological narrative. And the problem is, too, with Egyptology, is you got whack jobs that come up and go, there's an upside-down pyramid underneath the pyramid, and it was aliens. So it's like, you have to draw a line somewhere. But it, I think certain but where things. Do they, but where did each person is? And let I mean, they're all pretty much trained in the same spot. They're all going to go to the same type of school, so they're all going to be trained the same way to think. Learn from the same, the same way. Yep. Same they're all books. learning from somebody from 1850. You know when mm -hmm. the first books of archaeology was done. So how did the how does somebody like a you know a Christopher yeah, I don't know. You know, well, see, he came from it. He was an engineer. That guy was fascinating because he was an engineer. Now, Shock was a geologist. Now, he went along. Uh, he came along. I think he was part of that TV show that revitalized my interest in Egypt back in the nineties. Um, he's the one that came out and said the Sphinx looked like it had water erosion, and it's crazy because if you look at it, they call it a fringe claim, but it really looks like that. It doesn't look like sand blasted it away. And it, there's an actual theory that the Sphinx is tied 
to Sudan. It was actually a lion's head. And one of the pharaohs came along and went, eh, I want my face up there. So he created the Sphinx, one of the, whoever's face that is. Um, and it's funny, too, because we'll attribute a uh, building. We'll, t- we'll attribute a building, a pyramid or a, a temple, because somebody's name is carved on the outside. And somebody pointed out in one of uh, Uncharted X's videos, he goes, how stupid are you? So somebody comes in and writes, John was here. That means this is his pyramid. Like, yes, like people have been graffitiing, been writing graffiti for thousands of years, man. Yes. That's not, it can't be something in the last 20 years. No. 30 years. It's, but it's fascinating because they have these stone coffins in Saqqara that were supposed to be tombs. Now, there is a theory that Dunn, I believe it was Dunn, that suggested that the, the pyramids were actually a power generating station. I don't know. I didn't get into it. It's fascinating, and I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm also not saying it is possible um, because Tesla studied the pyramids and Egypt stuff to come up with some of his theories, and his theories worked. So... I'm not saying the two are related, but they're related. It's it's there's a lot more to this, I think, than. And, you know, dude, too, if that was the case and it was like some kind of a hydrogen power plant or a vibrational power plant or whatever it was. Um, I mean, we wouldn't know about it because imagine now if. We get wiped out, let's say we get wiped out and 5000 years from now a team of archaeologists comes along and finds a nuclear power plant. And all that's left are the scattered remains of the conning tower, that big exhaust tube. They wouldn't know what the hell that is. They might no. decide to use it as a, as a, you know, put a roof over it and use it as a big multi-story house if it still stood. You know, we don't know. We don't really know anything. And the reason archaeologists poo-poo all of these ideas is because for the most part, there is no physical evidence to support any of the claims that, like Graham Hancock has made. There's plenty of circumstantial evidence, um, like like the building materials, the the stones, um, you know, the arche- uh, architecture and stuff like that. There's a lot of that, but there's not a lot of actual like concrete. Like you don't find the same tool here, here, and here. You, you don't find any tools. So when you so do you think that somebody like a David Roll, who's got that what is it the new chronolo- chronology? Do you think somebody else is gets? Do you think they get mad because he's doing this? Oh, there are there are debates um, where he's. Do you think, do you think they oh, try yeah. to go out and prove him wrong? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. These people will call him completely wacko. They they discredit him on. In peer-reviewed papers, like, but if he's so, got, if he's showing facts, how can you discredit facts? How because can- his, his, especially his, if he's proven true, it changes the chronology of all history. They have a vested interest not to let that happen. I mean, because it's like I said, thousands of people's work, thousands of papers, books, movies, TV, all kinds of stuff is going to be have to be rewritten, which I think is fascinating. I mean, that's what you do in science. Test it. You come Prove up with it? a yeah. You test and it. Somebody else tests it. I thought that's the way they did. It, is if you you got to have multiple tests to to see if those 
what you found was right. You would think so. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what I, it's a lot like politics. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it probably has a lot to do with politics because it does. Yeah, that's who pays the bills. You know that that school or that it's and it's usually a school um, that's funding the things, and those schools, you know, have donors, and those donors want results, and they want results. it to be don't want their name attached to uh, a to conspiracy. Nothing. Well, yes. or conspiracy, or, yes, or 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 crap. What they consider crap. Yeah. Because they don't want to get drugged down into the mud in their social circles. I can see that. But oh, at no, the same time. No. It's, just, it's just to me. If you would really get into the weeds, if anybody would, and, and read. He's got some out, out, out there, kind of. Because he basically, he's got some. Okay, I got to finish a complete thought. Um, he's got some theories that are kind of out there. Um, one of such is that... Uh, Whoever it was that was a Hebrew in Egypt that became like the Pharaoh's right-hand man. And I mean, he supposedly built this. Uh, of course, archaeologists say this guy didn't exist. He had a coat of many colors. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, he didn't exist is what the, the official narrative is. Yet, off of the Nile, there's a runoff that is a reservoir to hold water from the Nile in case of a, in case of a drought. And it's called like Joseph's Reservoir, Jacob, or whatever his name is. It's still called that. It's like, why is it called that if he didn't have a hand in building it? You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't come over here and name my backyard a tree in my backyard. I don't know. <laughs> Szechuan chicken. Like, you yeah. <laughs> just, like, I think no, he had if a I hand in that tree, it's going to be named after my family. Right. We're going to carve our names in it, and everybody's going to see it for the rest of their lives. So there's all of that history right around there that points to it, and modern Egyptology goes, eh. Of course, like, he gets yelled at. He's had debates, and the archaeologists get extremely angry because David doesn't have, he's got, it's proof, but it can be disproven to a certain extent. Uh, because they can have, they can counterprove a different point. In, in other words, I saw you kill the guy, but then somebody comes along and goes, "Ah, ah, ah! I saw him kill this other guy." So what they're ah. saying is, you didn't actually kill, see him kill that guy. You you saw him kill this guy, and and so you still killed the guy, but it's which guy did you kill? And it never pops into their head that maybe he killed both of them. Yeah, I, no, no, both. no. No, 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 he didn't. There's no way. So that's what they're arguing. And it's a circular argument. I see, I see, Instead I see. of listening. So he actually proposes that that guy used hieroglyphics to teach the Hebrews to help them make their own alphabet. Now, if you go into the Sinai Peninsula in some of the mines, you find a crossover between Hebrew and Egyptology, uh, hieroglyphics. And you start to see the founding of our alphabet. He believes that the Hebrews are the founders of our modern alphabet. Well, you know, people don't really like Jews. Not us. I'm just saying, like, there's this, I don't understand it. I never have. There's people that, that, that hate them. I mean, I can understand not liking Israel for some obvious reasons, but 
Well, yes, if it if it was against your religion and you right, you, you, right, you've been fighting for hundreds of years. I can understand that. Some of the stuff makes I can understand that. So he's got it in that book. I mean, he even goes back and shows where he thinks the Garden of Eden is, uh, where God was created. Uh, these reed islands. It's a it's a fascinating read. Um, it really is. I. I ate it up because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a different take on, I mean, he's, he's answering questions that nobody else is seeming to try to tackle. You know what? Yeah. Another thing you were telling me about was like the difference, the way the Egyptians got their gods from, you were telling oh. me that, 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 that it was like a creation, like, them in Sudan or the Sudanese back in the day. I mean, they, they, that's, yeah, that's what they were. That's what their scientists or modern archeologists or I, I believe it's modern. It might not be, but they believe that the Egyptians and the, the people from Sudan, they were very instrumental in the creation of each other's nation states. And they really believed that, um, like raw, I, and I don't know the exact details of it, and I can't remember it, but like they were very fundamental in creating the gods or changing them to where everyone believed in the same ones. It's, it's really fascinating. Um, and like Sudan has over like 200 freaking pyramids. I mean, and I think the reason they believe they were burials is because of the pyramids in Sudan. Because if you type in pyramids in africa those are the ones you're going to see and they're they're mortuary pyramids they're burial pyramids and they're small i mean they're you know six to ten feet tall they're not like the great pyramids but they're pyramids nonetheless i don't know when those were made though so those could be after the great pyramids and honor of those i have no idea and they and and they haven't found any bodies any mummy you know any mummification in any of these pyramids right no, this and that's what, yeah, that's what makes you makes you wonder. Like, well, maybe Christopher Dunn's right; they were used for something else. I mean, we don't know, and I think it's disingenuous of people to just go, "Well, that sounds that's stupid." Well, you don't understand it. Let him talk, because if his idea is really asinine, him talking about it will convince you that he's wrong. You don't have to question. You just ask a couple of questions. We used to play a game years ago when I would work overnights. I'd, me and a friend of mine would listen to Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. Um, it used to be Art Bell, but then it switched to George Norrie. And they would do a call-in portion of the show, which was, I think it was two or three hours. Anybody could call in. And I mean, anybody could call in and ask questions to the guest. So he'd have a guest on. And the first hour, I said, the first hour is good because the first hour, everyone's sane, everyone's normal. I said, so we would make bets on how, how soon into the second hour did the guests lose their crap and go, oh, there it is. They're insane. Because it was like, oh, my God, they would be talking about, I don't know, uh, Fort Knox. And they're giving you all these stats and details about Fort Knox. And you're like, oh, this is pretty interesting. And then he'll go, and then the goblins the goblins came in and they stole all the gold. It's just like, so basically you'd had so many questions asked him. He just yes. couldn't handle it anymore. Yep. yep. And, and he would crack. 
his story wouldn't stay the same and he couldn't get back to the same story. No, because it's it's like politicians. As long as they get their pre-approved narrative, they're okay. But then as soon as you change it and go, what's your favorite color? Uh, I hate Mexicans. What? What? <laughs> Dude, you see it happen all the time. It's like, I don't. I'm just saying that's what they would do. They They lose their brains, man. And... That's kind of how these guys would do on that, but they would they would get on, and that's what I was saying with these theories. Ask, bring them on, listen to them. Don't ridicule them. Don't them. Listen to them with a genuine interest. Approach it from a position of science. But what they're doing is this: a lot of fields that we have now are religious in nature, even archaeology. It's like you can't. You can't touch our sacred cow. Egypt is our sacred cow, and you can't even come close to it. We are taking no more donations to the sacred cow. You, you can't even question it. I mean, so much so that there are guys, tour guides, that give tours at the Giza Plateau, and he has questions. He's actually, uh, and I can't remember his name, he does tours. If you ever book a tour, I suggest go through that guy. Uncharted X has links to his stuff. Um, this guy gives you a different tour than the other one. He doesn't give you the approved narrative. He says, we don't know. We don't know. Every other tour guide's going, this is what it is. This is exactly what it is. We know it all. And this other guy is like, we don't know. So he's walking along the main causeway. And his, I think his grandfather and his father tour guides in Giza. Just like two generations. He says, I remember coming up these stones, and he said, I've been pushing sand down in this crack since I was a kid. And he's showing people this. He said, if it hasn't filled up by now, what does that tell you? That there's a ca cavity yeah. under there. Why aren't we looking? Well, because a lot of the pyramids, from what I've seen, I could be wrong, but a lot of the pyramids are built over older structures. So it goes to submit that that goes to reason that there's some other structures underneath the Giza Plateau. Why don't we dig? Well, it would affect tourism and all kinds of stuff. And you're you're poking the sacred cow. And the guy that's been over in charge of it, Zahi Owas, I can understand why he's as staunch as he is about it, because like he had to entertain some real lunatics back in the 90s. So I can understand why he's very hesitant. But Newer archaeology coming up, especially with the discovery of uh, Gobekli Tepe and the Tepe sites in southeastern Turkey, have really started to open up young people's eyes to go, I'm questioning it. I think it's always good to question your beliefs. I don't think that's ever wrong, because how do you ever know what you believe unless you test it? And I think it goes for every discipline that you, you uh, apply yourself to. I mean, you can train to fight your whole life. If you don't ever get in a ring and spar with somebody, how do you know that what you've learned is useful? Just my opinion. Did I lose you? Yeah, uh -oh. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. If you don't ask why, you don't, you'll never know. If, if, like you said in the ring, if, why am I blocking like this? Because this is the this is the better way to block this type of punch or this type of kick. You'll never know unless you try it out. You get hit right. in the mouth once, that didn't work. <laughs> I, I should have did what he told me to do in the first place because he told me he was going to hit me with the right hand. 
And I did listen. I so, shouldn't have I shouldn't have trained off of the karate kid. That was a yes, mistake. Yes. I mean you can only wax on and wax off so much and paint the fence. I mean you have to try different things. Well see, it's like it's like the mummy thing in the pyramids. There were zero mummies found in pyramids. And so now they go, instead of saying, well, maybe they weren't there, they you know, they come up with I mean, granted, there were there were sarcophagus there that were carved with names where are on they it. finding these mummies at then they find them in the valley of the kings uh, a lot of them okay, okay. there's there's a oh and they find them they still find them to, to this day in fact uh what is that show that i saw on hbo max it's basically it's a chubby indiana jones guy redheaded guy um Anyway, he did a show on it, and he was showing that like they were in the process of actually uncovering a tomb. I I, I, lo- I love it that it's archaeology because it's been so long. It's grave robbing. It's yes. grave robbing. <laughs> it's just ultimately what it is. You're just. It is. I mean, how do you sleep at night when you know that you've been digging in somebody's grave? I just hope the mummies wake up and take back. Then we have the ocean attacking us and the mummies. I think it'd be great. You and that ocean. <laughs> but I mean that that they've made many movies on that. I know. You know. I mean, there's a reason for that. I would love. There is. Uh, I, I didn't know it was called Valley of the Kings. I really didn't know that. That's something mm-hmm. I learned today. Yeah, it's a, and they're commoners, and they have they found burials of cats, like thousands of cats. They would mummify cats and small alligators. Um, I don't know if they did dogs, but I've seen I've seen the mummified cats. Yes, I've seen the pictures of the cats. Uh, cats were sacred to them, though, right? I believe so. I believe so. Giant. I'm looking up this place in South America. It was called. Uh, it was once called the Great Necropolis of millions of years of Pharaoh, or the Place of Truth. The Valley of the Kings has sixty-three magnificent royal teas in it. Hmm, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Didn't know it was such a thing. You know, you always heard of Giza, which now they have. Looks like a, a McDonald's. In a pizza hut <laughs> right. out in front of Giza. So, I mean, you're going to get your your fix when you go there. Oh, KFC, too. I do believe I saw they said that the, one of the hacks was you get the best view from the KFC, which I would want to be closer than the KFC. I got KFC here, so I don't know if I I want to eat KFC at the, at the tomb for... A yeah, sitting there, you're sitting a there. Gre- a little, a little grease at the tomb might not be good for you when you're trying to. You're trying getting to ready to walk out. in. Yes. You're walk in. <laughs> yes, I don't know if that would be a good thing. So one more thing, and then we'll we'll pretty much wrap up. The lidar is changing the face of archaeology. Um, what lidar does is it strips away the surface layer and shows you what lies on the ground. So you can use lidar through jungles, through just surface dirt and so in guatemala uh they had this new satellite this was years ago and they would it had some form of early lidar or something like that and they were like there's something in the jungle so they send the guy down with gps satellite device and he's in comms with the guy in a bunker and he's like there's nothing here and he goes well whatever we saw through the 
through the canopy is right there. And then he turns around and he goes, there's a mountain. And the guy with him goes, that's not a mountain, dude. That's a building. And then he starts to look around. He's like, holy crap. Well, now they've, and this was like 20 years ago, something like that. In Guatemala? Yes. Uh, there, is 60, there are more than 60,000 hidden Maya ruins in Guatemala. We don't know if they're Mayan. I think they, they say they're Mayan, but they could be older. We don't really know yet. Because, I mean, it's 810 square miles. Uh, let's just say we haven't uncovered it all. So, But what they have uncovered is Maya. Um, it's massive, dude. It is massive. Um, Are they saying that they're actually pyramids in Guatemala now? That it's they're, they're bit, just oh, it's, uncovering? Yes, there are mass. They're still covered in trees. Um, I wish I could send you this. Uh, I'm seeing the Guatemalan pyramids. So yeah, are, they, are they basically are they going in and, and taking the jungle out so they can see these pyramids? Yes. So what the if uh, look up Gua? Do you? I don't know how to spell Guatemala. I got it. I got it. Guatemala pyramids. Lidar. Let's see. See if we can look up images here. Yeah. If you look up Guatemala lidar, L I D A R, and then go to images, and it'll show you what they see. You basically, it looks like a map, a gray map, grayscale map, and that's without the trees. If you see the, wow, there's thick, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, dude. Every bit of oh. it. They that whole area was clear cut. They said at one point there were no trees whatsoever. If you go down, you'll see the jungle that they're taking the pictures through. There's a few buildings sticking up above the canopy. Which is basically the Amazon rainforest. Right. They clear cut the whole damn thing. And they had they even said at one point they had an elevated highway that rose up above the jungle floor that would keep people away from, you know, like out of the rain and stuff. I could see that. That they probably <laughs> as they clear cut, they left certain trees up there to to use to make that but they burned they were the authors of their own destruction though so what ended up happening they believe they don't really know but they clear cut all the all the wood to build all this stuff so there was no trees so therefore there was no rain because the trees put moisture in the air and it helps to create rainfall so they got these droughts so which led to them killing a bunch of people, which was should have just planted some trees. So yes. anyway, I think I'm done talking about it because it just go just go. If, you, if you're interested in this, go look at Forrester uh, really short videos on YouTube. Uh, check out Uncharted X. He does longer ones and he does live streams where you can actually ask him questions. And he's been over there a bunch. And there's a bunch of books on this. I was in here looking at all this stuff and my mom like i said my mom is so interested in the pyramids and and there's pyramids she can go see that are a lot closer to home than having to travel to egypt oh yeah like the one down in mexico i think the one in mexico if you well, go there she's a little white to go to mexico right now well yeah um, <laughs> no offense to uh yeah. any anybody that's of hispanic origin but even my mexican friends are flying into mexico so they because they don't want to drive because of the cartels right now so if they're not going to drive i'm not letting my mama drive to mexico just get her strapped she'll be fine <laughs> mama you're gonna get strapped before you go to mexico she's got that carpal tunnel though well you get her an uzi <laughs> with a light trigger and a bump stock <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Uh, Hold on, my son gave me something for this. (laughs) John, you told me my mama would be okay if she went to Mexico. (laughs) She actually killed the mama. She killed three of the heads of the cartels, man. What the hell? (laughs) I would have thought my stepdad would have been able to protect her in Mexico. Uh, But anyway, that that pyramid, if you go there at a certain time... Uh, I think it's one of the equinoxes. You can literally, it's like at daybreak or at sunset, you can see a snake coming down the side and it feeds out. It also has really weird acoustics. You can clap your hands and it'll echo back to you and it sounds like a bird. It's, dude, you call these people primitive, but I don't believe it. Somebody taught them something. Somebody was real freaking smart. I don't believe the, they're running around in flip-flops and loincloths and they did this stuff. There's somebody, something else that we're missing, and you can't convince me otherwise. It's like saying There's we made it to the. Yeah, I don't believe that either. It's like saying <laughs> we made we made it to the moon, and it was only a population of beer drinking truck drivers. It's like no, no. There's somebody else there. Um, anyway, I think that's going to do it for us. I yeah, I learned a lot because I I know you've talked to me about it a bunch of times, but seeing it, looking at it. And reading it while you're telling me about it, I, that helped me out a whole bunch. Yeah. It's the LIDAR so- thing, I know you had told me about the LIDAR thing, but looking at it, that's, that's just crazy how many pyramids. I mean, I'm looking at a picture with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine pyramids in this one little picture from the LIDAR. It's, that's just crazy. Yeah. And, and the fact that they can now, pe- and dude, they can put it on a little drone. Like a little tiny drone that you can carry in a backpack or a little suitcase, and you pop it up, throw the LiDAR on, scan the jungle, dude. It, it doesn't take giant aircraft. Yes, they can, and that keeps you from getting eaten. <laughs> jaguar. Do you have a Jaguar? Yes, sir. The, what the, I mean? Or the, it, uh, it, it goes up your... Oh, yeah, the Chupacabra. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yes. yes. So... This is an episode that we we kind of put together because Kaz is going to go on vacation and I would be stuck trying to do this by myself, which would be a nightmare. And um, it's something that truly, truly fascinates him and which yes. fascinates me too, listening to him talk when you, you know, when your buddy is so fascinated, something is, you, uh, you want to know more about it. Or you want him to get it out so he'll shut up about it. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. Because there's not. gonna be another book or another video that he sees, and he's gonna be like, "Did you see it? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, and I don't want to hear about it either." Well, you're gonna. Yes. <laughs> You'll be like, "My son is calling me. Tell him to wait. Tell him yes. to wait. Yes. I'm not done." Yeah, Put it's. A, hold. I guess this goes hand in hand with a lot of the stuff that we've been putting out with our show so far, though. It's it's like, why is it? not okay to ask questions i'm not saying i have any i have no answers about any of this i think it's fascinating i think that the questions they pose are fascinating questions that deserve one to actually look into it i mean this guy david for instance is proposing all of this i think it's only responsible that archaeologists actually dig into what he says and try to disprove it that's oh, all I I'm saying. I, I agree totally because if if the something points you in a direction, you know, it, hence the word map. I mean, you have to follow the map. 
Yes. You never find out what's at the end of the map if you don't follow it. No, and and we're solving a murder case that happened thousands of years ago. So, like, the forensic evidence is very light. I mean, we're never going to really, really know. Because even with modern science and technology, it's like they still don't know how the hell they how the hell they built the pyramids. I mean, they just don't. There's, I just watched a video before we started of a guy showing basically they tipped the blocks up the side of the mountain, uh, the the pyramids, and I'm like, that could actually work. I don't know. So anyway, well, yes, I agree. I agree. We'll never know. Yep. So I think I think I'm gonna stop because I could keep bringing crap up and we'd be here another four and a half hours. But it's not crap. But it's it, it, that was very uh, entertaining, entertaining to me for especially for seeing it. Like I said, seeing it and reading it as you talk about it, you know, it, it brings it more to life. It's just ask questions. Ask questions. Like your boss tells you to do something, just why? If they can't explain it, then you know. Punch him in the throat. Tell him you quit. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's hiring right now. Yeah, everybody's exactly. Hiring. It's may hiring. not be what you were making, but everybody's hiring. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. But ask questions. Ask questions of your faith. Ask questions of your of your schoolwork. Don't just believe what you're being taught. Ask questions. If, if it interests never, you at all, you're never yeah. going to learn. No. I, I mean, you can learn to remember, but that's not the same as actually understanding. Because used to, a, a traditional education taught you how to think, not how to just regurgitate. It would teach you skills and debate, how to facilitate your thought process to where you came up with the most logical solution. That, that was a classical education. Now it's like, believe what you're put into your brain, regurgitate. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is. But we're going to make you think. Well, or not. You're just going to go, these two are nuts. Yes. Like I said, we're going to make you think. Definitely try uh, Woodford Woodford Reserve. Yes. Oh, I got dad advice since we flipped the script. I got dad advice. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Give it to me. Young men, don't wait for someone to tell you to do something. If you see the need to do it, just, just do it. You're like... Don't wait for your mom to tell you to pick your shoes up. Pick your shoes up. Don't wait for dad to tell you to cut the grass. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of young men are having problems with when they get in relationships because the girls are made to feel like the kid's mom. She ain't your mom. Nope. So she, you shouldn't, she shouldn't have to tell you to get up and do stuff that needs to be done. You need to step up and be a man. And sometimes it sucks. I'll be honest. I oh, wish yes. I still had somebody taking care of me but speaking of that sink <laughs> i'm not coming to help you so <laughs> if you're hinting at it i'm gonna make another drink and i'm too need ready to drive <laughs> that's good so, advice yeah just just don't wait for someone to tell you to do it step up be a man and get it done and even if they don't recognize you and don't applaud you it doesn't matter they take see pride in yourself take they pride in what you do yes they still see it. They don't have to tell you, thank you for doing it. They still see it. They remember and that stuff. I don't promise. expect, and don't expect the women you're with to act like waifus because women don't act like that. They're much nastier people. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Kaz about his sink. Uh, yes, anyway. yes, yes, yes. 
Well, that that was a good show, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch y'all next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yes, exactly. Follow us on all the TikTokers, tweeters, whatever it is. This is what this is his part usually. Yes, I don't uh, know how yes, to do it. Yes, follow us on the TikTok Odd Odd Times Podcast. We also have that on uh, Twitter at the Odd Times Podcast, and you can send us an email oddtimespodcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. If you want us to do something, let us know. Yes, please do, because I'm yes, running out of ideas. It. I'm starting to do drunk shows. <laughs> I'm not drunk. Y'all have a good one. We'll catch y'all next time. See you guys later.